I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Dave Burkett is my guest today. He joins us from the Detroit Free Press. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on. It's odd. This is a, a year in which my first question to most people are, what will the COVID protocols be uh, there in Detroit for the home game with the Lions? You know, the Lions uh, finally had fans, I guess I would call it that, for the first time their last home game two weeks ago. They had 500 sort of friends and family of players. Um, haven't heard anything uh, about a bigger crowd, certainly not selling any tickets for this game. So I would expect it to be a, a sort of similar situation. You know, other than that, it's it's really the <laughs> the, the typical NFL protocols, I guess, and, and realizing that those change on a weekly basis. But uh, the usual stuff that you see, you know, everybody will be face masked up and social distancing in order when you're, you know, not on the football field or on the sideline, uh, you know, those sort of things. Do they have the press box at the stadium open back up again? Or are you guys doing all yep. remote stuff? Nope. We, uh, you know, we're in the press box. Um, they're actually using two different press boxes, I guess. We sort of the main press box has, you know, a handful of news organizations. And then they've, they've set up one of the suite levels with some, some spillover press to accommodate, you know, virtually all the media that wants to attend. But definitely socially distanced, uh, you know, when you're sitting in the press box, too. Right. Uh, what does the injury report look like early in the week for the Lions? Yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. I mean, you know, last week they, uh, uh, you know, obviously Matthew Stafford didn't COVID protocols and, and Jared Davis missed the game. Both those guys are back from the COVID list now. Um, that won't be an issue. Uh, Trey Flowers, who's really the Lions' best defensive player, they put him on IR last week. So not going to have him. He's got a little bit of a shoulder injury. I think the the two to watch really are, are Kenny Galladay, who did not play last week. Um, he's got a little bit of a hip injury. Uh, I, he might be able to get back this week. I think practice will be key. We'll see how much he gets on the field. And then one to, to, to monitor, and, and I don't know how this one uh, looks, is Jeff Okuda. Uh, you know, he left that game the other day with a little bit of an ankle sprain. Um, you know, the Lions, they've been rotating cornerbacks. They just got Desmond Trufant back from injury. Uh, so Okuda was, you know, he started last game opposite Trufant, but Amani Orarie, who came off the bench, had really been their best cornerback the first seven weeks of the season. So uh, regardless of how healthy Okuda is, the Lions, I think they'll be okay at the cornerback position. How hot is the seat getting for the head coach and GM pairing there? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, if the Lions lose this game, I don't know how Matt Patricia survives, to be to be frank. I mean, uh, you know, I guess something could happen Monday, but, you know, even if it doesn't, I, I think that would be sort of the final nail in the coffin. You know, things have, um, I mean, you know, they went 6-10 and 10 his first season after he inherited a 9-7 and seven team, and they won three games last year, so... They've certainly been trending in the wrong direction. Uh, as challenging as this year has been with all of the, the COVID protocols, you know, everything that's that's gone on, the lack of practice time, you know, uh, that other teams are dealing with too. But but just, you know, some of those things that make it hard to, you know, for, for teams maybe to get better. Um, regardless of that, you know, Matt Patricia has not shown enough in his first two years to, to warrant a fourth season without, uh, you know, some some major change. And, and uh, here we are at the midpoint of the season, and that certainly has not happened. 
Uh, Dave, as far as the fan base is concerned, did they put that more on the GM or Patricia? I'm also curious how the fans reacted originally to the Patricia hiring. Well, I think, you know, uh, you go back to 2018 when the Lions hired Matt Patricia. He's coming off a Super Bowl. Um, you know, he was their number one target. Uh, you know, and, and I think for that reason, a lot of people thought this was going to work out. You know, he knew Bob Quinn. You know, he was sort of the guy that everyone knew they had targeted. But, you know, he was a hot name at the time. He had, I think he'd interviewed Arizona and maybe somewhere else. Um, so, you know, uh, coming off the Jim Caldwell era where Caldwell was their second choice, you know, they wanted Ken Wisenhunt, but got left at the altar there. Um, you know, I, I think people looked at it and said, wow, you know, we finally got, you know, a hot coaching guy and, and you know, maybe this is what we need. He's got a championship pedigree. Uh, has not worked out that way, obviously. And yes, you know, where people place the blame. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of equally. I mean, you know, Matt Patricia certainly has, has gotten more of it, but there's definitely segments of Lions fans out there who you know, look at what Bob Quinn has done. Uh, some of the high draft picks he's made, Jeff Okuda, TJ Hawkinson, you know, Jared Davis, a first rounder, and uh, you know even some of the second round picks, and, and they scratch their head at some of that. So, um, look, I think the Lions roster is, is a little bit better than their record. I think Bob's done some good things with drafting offensive linemen and drafting wide receivers. You know, he hasn't gone crazy in free agency, and that's the approach that I like. Um, but, uh, you know, there's there's no doubt that the results have not been there for either of the guys. It's interesting you say that because when I was doing a little bit of research for the interview, I was taking a look at the Lions roster. It's not like a horrible roster. That There's talent on the roster in there. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially offensively. You know, Matthew Stafford, is he hasn't played great football this year, but he's still a pretty good quarterback, a quarterback you can win with at least, right? And Kenny Galladay's been hurt a little bit, but Kenny's a really good receiver, and maybe he doesn't get the appreciation that he deserves nationally. So... The offensive line has played well. You know, T.J. Hawkinson's having a, a nice year, so I, I think they have some some pieces there on offense. Um, defensively, look, they don't have any blue chip players on defense. You know, they don't have any real playmakers, and and that's been the thing that's held them back. Um, and I, you know, the tough thing I think for people to separate, including myself, is you know, well, Bob Quinn is the guy who procures the talent. You know, the the defense is certainly built in, in Matt Patricia's image, and all these expatriates. You know, Trey Flowers and Deron Harmon and Jamie Collins and you know, they had Tavon Wilson last year and just, you know, they've gone down that that path a little too far. And, and you know, another one, you know, you're signing guys that are on the backsides of their career or, you know, when Bill Belichick gets rid of a guy, you tend to tend to think that he's getting rid of him for a reason. So I don't know that anyone ever looked at this the way they've constructed this defense and said this is going to be a great defense. Um you know, and, and so Bob certainly shares in the blame for that, but uh, I don't think the defense should be as bad as it's been either. They replaced uh, Jim Bob Cooter with Daryl Bevel. Uh, I personally have not always been high on Bevel. What have you seen from the offensive coordinator? Well, you know, last year they they, they had a really good year in off- on offense in, in Bevel's first season and, you know, sort of opened up the playbook a little bit, threw the ball downfield, which they didn't do a lot under Cooter. And, and I know... The players appreciated that and Stafford appreciated that and, and fans, frankly, appreciated that. You know, they'd like to see that come back given, you know, the the skill sets of their, their players on offense. Um, this year has not been as successful. And that was the first half of last year, right before Stafford got hurt. Um, this year, you know, teams have done a better job taking that deep pass away. That has not been there for the Lions. I mentioned that Stafford's had some interception issues. Galladay hasn't been there and that certainly hurt. So um, the, the offense is underachieved this year. 
but I, I think it still has, you know, that's still why the Lions have been competitive in the games that they've been competitive in. So um, while the offense has not maybe lived up to uh, what it was supposed to be, it's, uh, it's certainly still the, the strength of, of the team when you look at offense and defense. Uh, I got to admit to being a lifelong UGA fan born into the fandom. So I follow Stafford more than most. It, in the NFL, when you have a top 15 quarterback, generally you can count on having some success. What is it that they've not been able to do to get Stafford more wins in his tenure with the team? Yeah, that's the thing that, you know, a lot of people scratch their head about and why, frankly, a lot of people wonder if this might be Matthews last year too, you know, year 12 and they've made three playoff appearances, never won a playoff game. And, um, you know, he, look, Matthew has, uh, especially early on, you know, he, he was not always great. Maybe, you know, uh, turn the ball over too much, even while he was thrown for a ton of yards. Um, I think he's been better the last couple of seasons. Last year, he was really good the first half of the year. Um, uh, you know, a large is just not surrounding him with the right type of talent. I mean, you know, you go back to, I mean, they, the Lions have had one good defense in, the, in, in Stafford's, you know, tenure here. That's 2014 when they went 11 and 5. You know, he had Kelvin, um, you know, he has Kenny Galladay now, who I think is a really good receiver, but he's never had much of a running game. And this isn't to take any, you know, any of the, the blame off Stafford's shoulders because he certainly, you know, shares in, in all of this. But, you know, when you look at how they've tried to build the team, and it's not for a lack of trying, you know, they drafted Javid Best in the first round, Amir Abdullah in round two, Kerryon Johnson round two, DeAndre Swift, another Georgia guy round two. So they've, they've tried but um, they've never been able to get that thing going. And if you look at last week's game, just as an example, you know, they, uh, the, the way the Vikings played them, they were not going to give up any deep shots. And they, you know, the, the play action game just didn't work because no one respects the Lions running game. So um, again, not to take blame off Stafford, but I think those are contributing factors as to why the Lions have not had more success during his tenure here. You mentioned them uh, there. What what is the problem with the running back uh, game? With the running game, because Peterson still got something left in the tank. We saw it here last year. Uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, the hype should be real. And frankly, I was high on Carryon coming out of Auburn. Yeah, I mean, you know, from a, a pure talent standpoint, you know, it's a nice little nucleus. I mean, you know, my problem with the the running game and what the Lions have done is. I understand, you know, you spend a second round pick on a running back, right? You're going to get his best four years at a, at a pretty discounted price. And you know, you, that's a position that you can come in and, and make an impact right away. I understand going the other way too and going the scrap heap way, right? Get signing a guy like Adrian Peterson because they, they happen, they, they appear all the time in the NFL, right? Where they just come out of nowhere, uh, you know, a, a undrafted rookie or a vet that gets cut that still has something left in the tank. But um, I don't, you know, when you try to marry those two, I don't, I don't know that that's the right mix because DeAndre Swift's a guy that needs to be on the field a little bit more. And so, if you're giving him a handful of touches, and then you, you know, you give Adrian a handful of touches, and then maybe you bring Carryon in, like there's just no continuity to the running game. And so, I would rather see them go with the young guys. Or if you're going to go the the scrap heap route, then there's no sense in drafting a guy in round two. So that's sort of where my my issues with their they've gone about building the run game. Well, and to your point, Dave, it's the, it's the same reason that, that Washington left Peterson go because of the young backs that they had on the roster. Uh, are the Lions definitely out 
on Galladay, or will they make a push to re-sign him when the season's over? Well, it's about money right now, you know, and, and look, if I'm Kenny Galladay, I'm not, I mean, why sign a contract extension now? I mean, I know, you know, he was a third-round pick, so he'd like to get paid, but, you know, he's going to get franchised if uh, if the Lions don't, you know, sign him, so he's going to get, you know, $16 million anyways on the franchise tag. Uh, you know, I think those those negotiations have, have grown contentious a little bit, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think... Uh, you know, there's no way that Kenny's coming back and the Lions probably can still make it happen. But, um, you know, they're, they're a couple million dollars apart on the numbers, if, if you know I'm hearing correctly. And, and I think the only way to, to bridge that gap is for A, Kenny to get back on the field and continue performing. And then B, you know, when we, uh, when we get to free agency for the Lions to realize that, hey, we're going to have to franchise you. And then the cost of two franchise tags is, is you know, what that is going to be and finding some sort of middle ground with him. What is it with Stafford's contract now? Uh, how much longer before they can get out of that reasonably? Well, he's got two years left on his deal. I don't, you know, off the top of my head, I don't know exactly what the camp implications are because he's, you know, he's done a couple of simple restructures here uh, last year and, and this year that I don't have the numbers at my fingertips. But I think if the Lions really wanted to this year, they could. Um, you know, and, and maybe if there's a new regime, you know, maybe maybe they will because maybe, you know, you need to tear this thing down. But, um, you know, part of that is and, and uh, honestly, this is why a lot of Lions fans last year wanted them to draft Tua at number three, because they they looked down the road and they said, hey, when are you going to have a top three pick again where you can get a quarterback that, you know, may be, uh, you know, one of you know, may turn into one of those elite guys. And um even though Tua was hurt and even though Stafford still has plenty left in the tank, you know, and Stafford's a better player right now than Tua is, I think a lot of people looked down the road and looked at where the Lions franchise was and saw that as a move they should have made. So um, I think the decision with Stafford, you know, there's a lot that's going to go into it, right? Who are you going to get to replace him? Because you don't want to be in a situation like, you know, the Bears, frankly, or, or Washington for that matter, right? Where, you know, you're, you're trotting yep. out some you know, where you're, you're overdrafting a quarterback in the middle of the first round, hoping that he can become something or, or trotting out some, some aging vets. Stafford is much better than those options. And to me, the only way you replace him is, is if you get a young guy that you, you know, absolutely believe can be the, the long-term future of the franchise. Which camp were you in? Were you uh, excited by Akuda or you had hoped that they would take a to well, I, I thought, you know, drafting the quarterback for the franchise, you know, would have been the right move at number three. But I also understood early on that the Lions were not going to go that route, you know, because Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn both needed to win now. So it was just not a, a move they had the luxury of making. And and I, I did, you know, completely understand the questions about Tua's health. So, you know, I don't know if it's fair for me to say I, I advocated for them to take Tua. You know, that wasn't the case because I sort of knew the direction that they were going to go down. So at number three, I thought Okuda was the right pick for them, um, you know, given that they weren't going to take the quarterback. And I know he's had some some rough spots um, so far, but I, I do believe that that Jeff Okuda will be a good player in this league. You know, that's a position that that it takes rookies time to, to get it, uh, to settle in at. And uh, we've seen some growth from him so far, and we've seen some good things from him so far uh, mixed in with uh, the mediocre. So, um, I would not be a seller on Jeff Okuda yet, uh, even though, you know, he's always going to be playing in the, the shadows and Lions fans' eyes, at least, of, of Tua and, and Justin Herbert and, and whatever they accomplish. 
Last year's first round pick, Hawkinson, it can sometimes take tight ends just a little bit to make that transition. How has he looked in, in year two? He's been very solid for them. Um, you know, again, Kenny Galloway is the number one receiver, but but Hawkinson has been Stafford's you know second favorite target and really given the time Kenny's missed, you know, been his, his go-to guy in a lot of ways. Um, you know, Hawkinson has maybe sort of the same thing we talked about with Okuda, right? When you draft a tight end at number eight, you know, a lot of people are scratching their head and saying you can use that resource better. But if you take that out of the equation, I think TJ Hawkinson has been a good pick for them, a good player for them. And, uh, you know, he's he needs to improve in his blocking. Um, you know, maybe uh, there's a, a time or two when, you know, he'll drop a pass. But overall, I think he's he's an, a, a very much an ascending player and on track to be a really good tight end in time. We've spent most of our time today talking about the offense, and I think that's because, as you mentioned earlier, that's where most of the talent is. I'm curious, who rushes the passer on this defense? Well, if you can, if you have some pass rush ability, they might sign you because they don't, they don't really. You know, I mean, <laughs> Romeo Aquara is having a good year. I, I shouldn't say no one. You know, Romeo's playing pretty well, um, but that's really about it. You know, Trey Flowers again is is injured. He's not going to play this week. Um, fine player, but you know, for eighteen million dollars a year, you, you tend to want to really good pass rusher and, and Trey is uh, you know he's, he's not that elite you know 15 sack a year guy so um, and that's been part of the problem with the Lions defense is that you know they have some run defenders and they have a couple pass rushers but they don't have guys that can do both and so to me they're you know it's a team that's uh, depending on what what you know talent they have on the field uh, that you can scheme against. I was a big fan of Gerard Davis coming out of Florida. Has he? He's not necessarily lived up to the first round billing. Is he just a tick slow to play middle linebacker in the league, or, or what do you see there? Well, I think you know, part of it is is maybe the opposite, where he just he can't slow himself down, you know, and, and maybe a tick slow in, in diagnosing some things. But you know, sometimes we've seen early on in his career where he'll just he'll fire and he'll overshoot something. And, um, you know, they haven't been able to, to rein that in. And, you know, he's had some deficiencies in past coverage. Those have been pretty well documented. Um, you know, I uh, look, you know, Jared Davis is down to his final eight games as a Lion in all likelihood. It just has not worked out here for him. And it's, you know, the guy's a, I mean, he's a leader in the locker room, you know, hard worker, puts in all the time studying. Um, just one of those cases where you, 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 you know, you hit right on the person, but you miss on the player. Uh, assuming Akuda is healthy enough to go, will he travel with McLaurin? Will we get the blockbuster matchup, or is not that not the way that the Detroit defense? Yeah, it'll be so. fun if they do. You know, obviously those guys played against each other um, in college, um, but uh, they do that occasionally. They used to do it all the time with Darius Slay. They've done it uh, very sparingly here this year. Um, typically, Desmond Trufant is going to play left cornerback for them. That's just, you know, he's played on the left side the last five years or so of his career and so hasn't moved around a lot. Um, Okuda would play right corner. Romani Arie would play right corner. They, they did move Okuda a little bit last week and, you know, in some of those games early in the, the year, they matched him up with, uh, you know, they put him on the, the right side specifically uh, when, when Trufant was out. They moved him to the right side specifically to, to play over top of, of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, with some safety help, of course, but you know, so they they trust him in those matchups, or they, you know, they know his his skills 
um, if he reaches them, are, are you know, can be useful in those matchups. But um, they're you know that's not something that they're married to traveling their, their cornerbacks. One last guy that I noticed on the roster who I was high on, Miles Killebrew. I, I was big on him coming out. What has the team seen from him? So Best far? special teams player on the team. Um, you know, has no role on defense, uh, but you know, he's he's a really okay. good special teams player for them. And yeah, they like him when they re-signed him as a free agent last year. Uh, blocked a punt two weeks ago uh, in his first game after you know his wife had their their first child. So. Uh, you know, good guy in the locker room, and, and yeah, the Lions like what he does in special teams. I guess that leads me to one last one. Who who are the starting safeties? Then I don't I don't know why I thought he was playing. Yeah, no, they. Uh, so Tracy Walker missed last week's game um, with a foot injury. Uh, I guess that's another injury to to monitor this week. But you know, Deron Harmon, who they acquired in a trade with the Patriots, and Tracy Walker have been their starters. They've used J. Ron Curse as the number three safety, big body that they acquired. Uh, free agency this offseason they do play three safeties a lot you know so those three will all, all be on the field um you know will harris i guess is their their fourth safety and he filled in last week for for walker a little bit so you know they look this is an alliance team they play a lot of sub packages like every team does you'll see a lot of five six defensive backs out there and sometimes it's three safeties sometimes it's three cornerbacks um they like to mix it up but uh you know part of the alliance problem is uh Personnel, it's it's sort of like you know the, all the, the college teams that rotate quarterbacks, and you say, well, if you if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have any. That's kind of how I look at the Lions defense, where hey, we're going to rotate four cornerbacks. All right, well, that just means one of your corner, you know, you don't have one corner cornerback that's good enough that he needs to be on the field the entire time. And same thing with the defensive line, the pass rushers, the linebackers, whoever it is. That's what the Lions defense is. It's it's a bunch of parts that you know right now are not getting it done on the field. Dave, what uh, you got anything coming up with the Detroit Free Press this week? Uh, this is midseason for the Lions, so midseason grades are dropping later this week. That's uh, that's about it. Other than that, you know, we're uh, we're keeping tabs on what's happening with Matt Patricia and, and when a uh, coaching change, you know, may occur. So, and like I said, if uh, the Lions don't win this one, uh, maybe sooner rather than later. Dave, thank you so much for you your time. Enjoy today. the game. Okay, you too. Dave Burkett, everybody.